Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Let's pray. Father, we come before your presence in the name of Jesus, and we're here to study your word. Lift up our voice in prayer. As we study your word, we invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and guide, to reveal to us the deep, rich treasures of your word, that we might conform, dear Father, to the very image of Jesus and become that for which he shed his precious and holy blood. We thank you, dear Father, for changing us by what we hear from glory to glory, enabling us to see it with eyes that are spiritual, ears that are spiritual, hearts that are open and receptive to the truth that liberates, delivers, and sets free. And for all the accomplishments and achievements of your word in our lives, dear Father, we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, amen. Understanding confession, we started last week. This is number two understanding confession and briefly for those of you that were not here we'll give you a quick review number one we talked about the fact that Jesus is the high priest of our confession and you can see that in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 and we emphasize the fact let's read that therefore holy brothers you who share in the heavenly calling consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our what he's the high priest of our confession now remember how important this is this writer of the book of Hebrews talks about Jesus' ministry at the right hand of the majesty on high now that he's been crowned Lord of all and he had a coronation service and everything's been reinstated to him. And what's his first ministry? High priest of what? Our confession. How important is our confession then? Saying the same thing that God said. Number two, we talked about the fact that confessing Jesus as Lord is the very heart of the gospel. Confessing him as our Lord in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, he says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the throne, before my Father which is in heaven. Isn't that good to know? But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. So when he hears us confess him before men, he says, yes, that person is a part of our royal family. Praise God. Very hard in the gospel. We confess him as Lord of our lives. Then there's confession in connection with forgiveness. 1 John 1, 7 through 9 that tells us if we walk in the light, he's in the light. As he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice the place confession holds in receiving forgiveness. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. Okay. And then we expounded on that a little bit. But then also we talked about Confession in connection with calling things which be not as though they were. And you know, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? And if you apply that, that, that particular definition to faith, we walk by calling things that are not as though they were, not by sight. Or faith is the evidence of things, what, not seen? We walk by the evidence of things not seen, which is faith, not by sight. And so it's important that we understand this particular aspect of our faith. Calling things that are not as though they were is essential to our experiencing the blessings of God in our lives. Now as we continue our study, we're going to talk about the sacrifice of praise in connection with our confession. 
our confession, the sacrifice of praise. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 15, this is from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips that confess his name. Notice, confess his name. Before we expound on this, let's remember this. In the Old Testament, the sacrifices were bloody sacrifices of sacrificial animals that were offered to God through the Levitical priesthood, were they not? Sure. Well, the Jews believed during that time that when the Messiah would come, then those sacrifices would cease. And then the, the uh, need for the priesthood and the need for all the sacrificial system would no longer be. There wouldn't be a need for it. Well, the last bloody sacrifice was offered on the altar of Calvary. Jesus shed his precious blood on Calvary as the last sacrifice that would be bloody as an offering before God. And he is now the high priest of the new and everlasting covenant and it's through him all sacrifices are made. And so how important is this? You have to remember in chapter 9 and chapter 10 of the book of Hebrews he's talking about the old system being done away with and the new one coming in. The old covenant passing away and the new one coming in. He's emphasizing how as long as the Old Testament priesthood stood then there's no access to God. The way is not made to have us to have access to the presence of Almighty God as long as it's standing. But because Jesus came and did what was necessary to fulfill all the law, the priesthood and all the feast days and all that, now the way is open and by his blood we have boldness to enter into the presence of God's holiest presence. And it's by him now we offer sacrifices. By one sacrifice he has perfected every single one of us that we can enter in. And so now when he brings up this subject at this point, he's talking about these to these Hebrew Christians about the fact that look, we don't have to bring a bull. We don't have to bring a turtle dove or a lamb or anything like that any longer. All sacrifice goes to the Father through Jesus. And so the writer in the book of Hebrews, what he does, he gives us some essentials with regard to how our sacrifice of praise or our sacrifices should be offered before the throne of God. And number one, he says it's to be offered by Jesus. In other words, based on his accomplishments based on what he did. It's not my performance. It's not your performance. It's not an animal that you sacrifice. It is based on Jesus and his performance. Everything that he did, all his achievements, all his accomplishments in his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, seating at the right hand of the majesty on high, becoming our high priest, all sacrifice is by Jesus. By him let us offer the sacrifice. And so you see, it has nothing to do with you. has nothing to do with me. It's not our performance. It's all on his performance. And thank God he is a perfect high priest. And through him, the Father receives the sacrifices that we offer. That's number one. And then number two, notice what he says. And this word continually, in other words, at all times, it's important to us. But sometimes because of our Western mentality, once again, we don't see it as we should. You go back to the Old Testament uh, sacrifices and remember how they were offered. They weren't offered continually every day. 
they were offered, yes, but you had the sin offering, you had the, the trespass offering, you had the burnt offering, you had the meal or the grain offering and the peace offering. And those offerings were made at specific times or different times. But they were not made every single day. But all that's been abolished, all that's been done away with. You and I, when it says continually, we have access every moment of every day to offer up our praise, our sacrifice praise to God Almighty because our high priest doesn't have to slay another animal. He doesn't have to shed any more blood. He doesn't have to wait for the day of atonement. He is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high where he ever lives to make intercession for us. And when we just want to get up in the morning and just say, I worship you, I bless you, our praise goes right to the throne of Almighty God. Every single day, continually, 24-7, every single day, 24-7, 365 days a year, we can offer the sacrifice of praise if we want to. Continually. Thirdly, it's a sacrifice of praise. Notice it is a what? Sacrifice. A sacrifice is something, of course, that you give up one thing for another thing. But the thing is, it's not just when we feel like doing it. It's not just because everything is going great, we're going to praise him. And then when they're not, we're going to be in, in murmuring and complaining and all that. We offer the sacrifice of praise 24-7 no matter how we feel, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the circumstances are. And those that epitomize this, those that really define what this means, Paul and Silas in prison. In Acts chapter 16 verses 23 through 25, look at what they say. When they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into, into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely who having received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison and made their feast fast in the stalks and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed it's the midnight hour of crisis it's the midnight hour of challenge it's the midnight of their lives where they're probably thinking and the thoughts coming against their mind we're probably going to die in the morning but you know what? They said, no, 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 no. We're going to praise and worship the living God. I'm sure Jesus taught Paul to do this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Hallelujah. And you know the rest of the story. God inhabited the praises of the people. The glory of the Lord fell upon the people. And everybody's bands were loose. They were all delivered and set free. Praise God because of the sacrifice of praise that they offered. They were not murmuring. They were not complaining. It's so easy for us to do that when we're facing adverse circumstances, is it not? But they didn't do that even though they were in much pain at that particular time and could have a lot of concern about their lives. But then finally notice this. Here's where the confession part comes in. The last thing is, it is our lips confessing to his name. Our lips are confessing to his name. So it's a sacrifice of praise that we offer to God continually through Jesus Christ as we confess to his name. Look at the book of Hosea chapter 14 and verse 2 because there's an expression that's used here that can help us better see this. Take with you words and turn to the Lord and say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously so will we render, notice, the calves of our lips in other words no longer do we offer a calf no longer do we honor a lamb a pigeon a turtle dove or any sacrificial animal it's the calves of our lips that we offer to God in a sacrifice of praise and we praise him and confess his name with our lips and if you go back and understand the importance of these sacrificial animals 
being offered up to God and how it gave them access to certain things from God, then we recognize how blessed we really are. We do not have to slay these animals. We do not have to capture their blood. We don't have to do what they did. All we have to do is to remember no matter what we're going through, no matter what the situation might be, all we need to do is offer to God the sacrifice of praise through Jesus Christ and he will inhabit our praises and he will show up on the scene and he will make himself available to each and every praiser and worshiper of God. The Bible says that if you're a true worshiper of God, then God hears you. Hallelujah. He'll hear you. And then in the book of Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6, there's only one chapter. But look at verse 6, what it says. That the communication of your faith may become effectual. How? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That's The word acknowledging means recognizing and confessing every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And so in other words, put it all together. What God is saying, this is a new covenant. It's got better promises. And the way you approach my throne is with a sacrifice of praise through my son, Jesus Christ, as you through your lips offer to me a sacrifice based on who he is and based on everything he has done in you and for you in his great redemptive plan. And if we will do that, praise God, offer the sacrifice of praise, we're guaranteed to have an audience with almighty God. Look at the next point. The voice of thanksgiving is a sacrifice before God. Recall the story of Jonah chapter 2 and verse 9. Let's read it. Jonah chapter 2. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Read that again. I will sacrifice unto thee with the what? Voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Now put yourself in his position. Do you think there was any dry wood in the belly of the great fish? You think he could build an altar there in the belly of the great fish? You think he could find a turtle dove or a calf that was possibly dry enough to be offered up to God on the altar of sacrifice over there in the great fish? No. So he lived under the old covenant, but there was no way he can offer up any kind of a sacrifice then before the Lord. Because he sinned, he walked away from the things of God, did he not? He said, I cannot properly offer you a sacrifice, so I'm going to offer you my voice of thanksgiving, so I pay my vow, so I can have your salvation. So he began to praise the Lord right there, thanking him for his saving grace. And you know the rest of the story, the fish then vomited him out on dry land well look at the book of Isaiah with me if you wouldn't mind chapter 60 and verse 18 powerful powerful verse of scripture violence shall no more be heard in thy land wasting nor destruction within thy borders but thou shalt call thy wall salvation and thy gates praise if God's walls are salvation and we don't approach him with praise then we find ourselves in a situation where we're up against the wall without a gate. Think about that. You're up against the wall without a gate. Inside the wall is salvation, but you're up against the wall without gate, without a gate. Well, how are we going to make a gate so that we could get in? Oh, I know. Murmur. Uh, no. Fear. No. Doubt. Mm -mm. unbelief worry anxiety frustration no none of those things 
will make a gate for us to get in beyond the walls of salvation to receive all that we need from God but I read somewhere I will enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart and into your courts with praise hallelujah so as we begin to praise God we get before his wall of salvation and we start praising him and thanking him as a sacrifice before we ever see the miracle take place and what does it do it produces for us a gate Praise God on hinges that we can enter into the presence of Almighty God and experience His salvation. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me and become my salvation. Look in the book of Psalms 100 and verse 4. Enter His gates with what? Thanksgiving. Into His course with what? Praise and be what? What did Jonah say? I will offer thanksgiving as a sacrifice. And be thankful unto him and bless his name. Look in Psalm 50 verses 14 and 15. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay your vows unto the most high. We owe it to him in other words. We owe it to him to thank him and praise him for what great things he has done for us in Christ. And call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. Hallelujah. Notice he will deliver you. When we praise him like Paul and Silas did, when we praise him like Jehoshaphat did, when we praise him like others have done in the dark midnight hour of crisis in our lives, he has guaranteed us, he has promised us, to, don't cast away your confidence, there's a great recompense of reward. If you will sacrifice your praise, I will live big in your praise and I will manifest my glory and I will show myself strong and I will bring to you my saving grace my power to deliver and set you free and so notice as we confess thanksgiving and praise unto his what his name everything that God is is found in his name and if we confess to his name Jehovah Sidkenu I confess you are the Lord my righteousness and I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You've got God's attention right now. Stop saying I'm a worm in the dust. Stop saying that I'm not worthy. You start declaring what the word of God says because the work that God did in you, he did by the life of his son who shed his blood for you to make you the righteousness of God in Christ. And so what you're going to do is we're all going to do. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I worship you, Jehovah Sidkenu. You are the Lord my righteousness. Jehovah Shalom, you are my peace thank God thank God I don't have to be full of worry or anxiety or fretting you are my peace I confess hallelujah your name Jehovah Shalom you are my peace and in the Hebrew that is a perfect word it means completeness in every realm spirit soul and body praise God for the victory that we have because of Jesus we can walk in perfect peace when our minds are stayed upon him I'm confessing to your name. Another name, Jehovah Shammah, it means the Lord is here. The Lord is there. The Lord is everywhere. And when we say Jehovah Shammah, I confess to your name. I am consciously aware of your presence in my life right now. You are right here with me. You are right here for me. You are in me. I declare you are my Jehovah Shammah. I am confessing to your name. I know you're everywhere I go. I cannot hide anywhere from you. If I make my bed even in the depths of, the, of hell, you're still there. There's nowhere I can hide from you. You're everywhere because you're almighty God. And so I'd rather confess that you are my Lord and my Savior and my Redeemer and my King because I want to spend my eternity with you in glory. Hallelujah. So you're here. You're everywhere. 
No matter where we go, the Lord is with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then Jehovah Ruah, which I love so much. You are the Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. I confess you as my shepherd. I confess I shall not want. I shall not want for any good thing because you are my shepherd. David, when he wrote the 23rd Psalm, had a vision of the Lord being his shepherd. And that's how he actually penned that, knowing that he was a shepherd and how committed he was to the sheep, how he watched over the sheep. And so realizing that he was one caring for those sheep and and doing everything that he could do and needed to do to protect them and provide for them. Remember, he chased down a lion, he chased down a bear and, and destroyed them so they wouldn't steal the sheep from the flock, right? And then he says, Can you imagine in that quiet time? You are my shepherd, so I shall not want. You make me to lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside the still waters. You restore my soul. You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of all my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I confess you are the Lord, my shepherd. You are the, I'll tell you what, you get caught up in confessing that everything else seems to fade away does it not hallelujah you think he'll chase down a lion you think he'll chase down a bear you are his beloved and you belong to him and we belong to him and praise God he will do all that is necessary more so than David did to protect the sheep that is of his father's flock and then Jehovah Nissi you got to love this Confess it. You are my Jehovah Nissi. You're my defender. You're my banner. Your banner over me is love. You defend me. You fight for me. The Bible says, I will fight for you. He said, I will go ahead of you and I will fight for you. You don't have to fight in this war. This battle's the battle's mine. It's not yours. The victory is yours. The battle's mine. So let me take care of it. You are the Lord. You are the Lord, my Jehovah Nissi, my banner, my victor, the Al Shaddai of my life, the God of plenty or more than enough, my shield, my buckler, my exceeding great reward. You cause my enemies to come against me one way to flee from over my face seven ways as I hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord, my God, and do what is pleasing in your sight. Can you see that? Oh, praise God. He is the Lord, my banner. He's the Lord, my victor. He is the one that defends me, that fights for me, that goes before me. Praise God. And he's bigger than any enemy that we can face. So he wants us to confess him as Jehovah Nissi. And then Jehovah Jireh, you're the Lord my provider. You provide for my every need according unto your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jehovah Jireh, Jireh was a place, a place that he would bring them to a, a provision uh, and, and meeting all their needs. And so as we acknowledge and confess that you are the Lord my provider what does he do he shows up on the scene to make provision for us notice his providing for us is not according to the wealth of the world it's not according to the economy it's not according to the stock market it is according praise God not to your investments or to your 401k and that sort of thing it's according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus and last I checked he owns the silver the gold the cattle on a thousand hills all belong to almighty God and here we are sitting back here wondering hmm How am I going to take care of that? Confess Jehovah Jireh. Confess to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then Jehovah Rapha, the Lord physician, our great healer. Is he our healer? Are we confessing to his name? Praise God Almighty. He is our healer. Jesus, you bore our sickness. Jesus, you carried our pains. And with your stripes, Jesus, we were healed. And so we confess your name, Jehovah Rapha. You take sickness and disease away from the midst of us. You fulfill the number of our days. Hallelujah. We thank you. 
We bless you. None shall cast their young before the time. We bless you. We thank you. Soren, praise God. The hand of God is on you in the mighty name of Jesus. And he is your healer. He is your deliverer. Praise God. Can you say amen, saints of God? He is his healer. He is his deliverer who brought him, praise God, out of the throes of death unto life. And we thank the Lord God Almighty for his hand upon him. And so, as we've gathered together tonight, we've gathered together to do what? Offer thanksgiving. This is strongly in my heart, upon my soul tonight. Tonight, as we enter into prayer, we're going to thank God. We're going to thank God for being faithful to his word. The Bible says in Joshua 21, verse 45, it says, There's not one word of his promise failed to come to pass. Everything that he said has come to pass. It's not because God hasn't made provision. It's because they didn't fully follow the way of the Lord that they didn't enter into the land of promise. It was not God's responsibility. And so as we gather together tonight around this altar, what we are going to do, we're going to thank God for different things. We're going to thank God for pouring out his spirit thank God for his healing grace thank God for the anointing that's uh, quickening mortal bodies thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit thank God for a government that's on fire for God and we're just going to thank God can we do that tonight calling upon whose name the name that's above every name the name of our Lord so praise God we're going to praise God for Israel and Jerusalem and what God is doing there in a mighty way a mighty work to take place so let's gather around this altar praise God hallelujah hallelujah thank you father Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. Is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence to God first and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and I'll accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.